Finco is planning to IPO. And we definitely believe that the mission to build an international design ecosystem requires not only Pincoin, but also a lot of help and participation from the society. So heading to the capital market would empower Pincoin as a company, as a business, and also will empower the whole design ecosystem. And we wish to get support from the investors and also the capital market to further grow the creative economy. This is Startup Island Taiwan, the channel all about cutting-edge technology, influential global tech players, and Taiwan. Hello and welcome back to Startup Island Taiwan, the podcast all about the latest news and trends involving startups and other innovation enterprise in Taiwan. I'm your host, Yuli. Today, we're having Peter Yan, the CEO of Pinkoi Group. Pinkoi was started in 2011. For now, they have Pinkoi.com, which is an online market space. Pinkoi Experience is a craft workshop and experience. Pinkoi Culture and Creative Investment Fund, partnership with a very well-known international venture capital fund, and service such as branding and channel expansion. By continually bring agent design brand to the international market, Pinkoi connects and empowers both brand and consumer, creating a huge quality design lifestyle ecosystem. Pinkoi has been devoted to operating in Taiwan, Japan, Thailand, mainland China, Hong Kong, Macau, the United States, Canada, and other international markets. They hope to showcase and bring the very good design of Asia to the world, creating an ecosystem for design that enhances lives and delights the sense. Here are some numbers to let you get an idea about Pinkoi. For now, their core customer is 25 to 44 years old, who enjoy the task for living. They have 5 million members right now. Their item for sale is 2.3 million and it's keep raising. Their active shops is around 32,000. Their item store is around 12 million and their global presence is around 93 countries. And they have very good rating in App Store and Google Play. So let's welcome Peter. Hello everyone, uh, this is Peter. Thanks for having me. Nice. Um, Peter, so our first question is, why you start to doing Pinkoi? I think that at the very first beginning, it was one of our hobbies. So we like to go to design shop. We like to go to like farmer's market, design market, go to this kind of design expo. And then uh, we find there's a big problem to solve, especially in Asia. I think there's many great independent designers. They want to connect to the market, but they don't know how. And on the other hand, there's a lot of customers that are looking for unique product and varieties of brand, and they couldn't find it. So we can think that there's many, many great designers on one hand. On the other hand, there's many customers looking for a great design. So there's no way to connect them both. So I think at the time, we think this is a problem that is worthy to solve. So we think maybe we can use the internet to connect them both. Let's all start with the very simple questions. How can we help them? And the solution that we provide is we build a platform. We build an online marketplace. I try to have all the designers on board this marketplace and we'll try our best to help them to reach the customers. We think this is not only a problem to solve, but also a great opportunity for business because we believe that the creative economy in Asia is going to be going very, very fast especially for generation Gen Z, even the new alpha generation, because I think the younger generation, they think differently. They are looking for different kinds of brand and products. They are more focused on the value 
they're more focused on the quality, uniqueness, and also aesthetic presentation of the product. So I think building Pinpoint is a very exciting experience for a big problem to solve. Sounds exciting. Could you please introduce more like each part of the Pinpoint group? Because for now, this seems like it's a very big group and not only online market spaces. Okay, so Pinpoint, uh, since day one, it has been involved for 10 years. So I think we, we have developed into a different business model. But if we want to boil down Pinkoi into two keywords, we can frame the company and the business as marketplace and SaaS. So marketplace is a two-sided marketplace that empower designers and independent brand to go to our platform, our marketplace. We provide a lot of software tools for them to self-serve. They can use our software and service to run the business to reach the customer. On the other hand, we're using this marketplace to bring customers to our platforms. So we can empower designers to continue to run their business on the marketplace. So that's the marketplace. This is our foundation. This is our brand about it. And in the past six years, we understand that there's many other problems from the designers that we need to solve. So by providing the marketplace alone, it's not able to solve their problems. Think about that. The marketplace will only help the designer to connect to the customers. But when designer and the brand continue to grow big, they need different kinds of service. One thing is they want to get more traffic. They want to get more exposure. They want to, you know, advertising their new product when it launch. Over the years, we built our AI infrastructures that has live data, machine learning. We continue to kind of evolve on this kind of different data model, machine learning model, and provide this kind of AI infrastructure to support our advertising system. So the designer right now, they can use our advertising service. It's a SaaS service. It's a software as a service. So we provide it to designers so they can use our SaaS service to gain more exposure to the customer and better scale their business and having a better ROI on their investment at the same time. It seems like you are not only selling product, you are more focused on building a whole designer ecosystem. Do you might give us some sample in the country you are doing business right now about like each of the group like Pincoy.com, Pincoy Experience and Pincoy Investing Farm and the Pincoy Services, like you are helping the designer to doing their own brand. Um, we always like to think about empowering the whole design ecosystem is like taking a whole bunch of designers to climb a mountain, a big mountain. So a lot of designers, they have no experience to actually go into this kind of adventure. So they don't know how to run business. They don't even know how to do their budget. They don't really know how to raise money. They don't even know how to, what kind of product they need to produce. They don't know where the factory is. They don't know how to manufacture the product. They don't know how to set the price. So there's a lot of unknown for a designer if they want to run their grant as a business. So I think the first thing we did is we try to connect those designers together in our community. We see those designers as entrepreneurs. I think entrepreneur, if you're doing your own startup, you realize that you need friends. You need this kind of supporting group. So we have this kind of community to kind of supporting all the entrepreneurs in this design ecosystems. So in this community, we have this kind of a regular meeting and some of the designers, they will become friends. They will talk about their problems. They will talk about how to scale further their business. They will talk about, you know, having a bad customer experience, something like that. So by having this kind of community, we provide support, like mental support or business support for the entrepreneur to learn from each other. 
So that's number one. I think it's very important from the pink point vision missions. And number two is having this kind of community as a supporting group is not enough. We still need to provide some professional knowledge to help them do a better job on running their business. For example, a lot of brands, they are running their social media, but they don't know how to run it. So we invite professional to teach them or even professional from our team to educate designer how to run their business. We teach them how to do SEO, how to do those kind of search keywords to drive more traffic to the product. We help them to, you know, how to do Facebook advertising, how to do Google advertising to drive more traffic to their business. And we also teach them how to set different pricing in different international markets. Because if a designer is based in Japan, they probably have difficulty to know how to set their pricing in Taiwan market or in Hong Kong market or in the U.S. market. So we need to teach them how to you know, properly set their pricing. And sometimes I think the biggest challenge for a Japanese designer is to get in a Taiwanese orders. So I think from our perspective, like sending the product to overseas is straightforward. You just go to the you know, post office and send a product right away. I think for a Japanese designer to send a product to a Taiwanese customer, they will feel a lot of insecurity. The number one reason is they need to write down the mailing address in English. I think the language barrier for Japanese designer is a huge hurdle to overcome. Once we understand this kind of challenge, we try to do a lot of things to help the Japanese designer to kind of streamline the process. The number one we do is we provide electronic shipping labels. So the designer doesn't have to worry about writing the address in English. They just print out the shipping labels. They can go to the post office, uh, put on the shipping label, and send it right away. That solves a lot of problems. And I think that they kind of build up the confidence and security for a Japanese designer to do business overseas. And the second problem is when a Taiwanese customer tries to buy a product from Japanese designers, if a Taiwanese cannot speak Japanese, they will ask questions in English. And that's the second challenge. A Japanese designer will feel very anxious because they don't know how to answer Taiwanese customer question in English. So by solving this kind of problem, we introduce AI-driven translation service and tool. So our translation service will automatically translate the Taiwanese customers' questions from English to Japanese. The translation is not perfect, but I think it's probably 95% to be understood. So they solve the second problems. So I think one of the humbling experience of running Pinkling for 10 years is, I think number one, we really need to pay attention to customers. Designers is also our customers because they are using our platform to run the business. By listening to the customer or customer obsessions, it helps us and also empower us to understand what kind of problems and challenges our customer, our designers, they are facing. And those problems is our opportunity to further grow our business. So I think building the ecosystem, especially an international ecosystem, is very challenging compared to running the domestic business. Not only you know, the language barrier, but also the payment. So think about that. A Taiwanese customer, they want to buy a product from the Japanese designers. Pinkoi will receive Taiwanese dollar from the Taiwanese customers. But the Japanese designer, they want JPN. So we need to pay Japanese designer in JPN. So there's a lot of complexity to do this kind of foreign currency exchange on a monthly basis. And that is another huge problem to building an international design ecosystem. And by receiving payment in different markets, we need to fulfill the local compliance. 
We need to you know, follow the rules and we need to build a trust with the local bank, local payment systems. By having this kind of partnership, we will be able to receive the payment from the local customers. So that's a lot of challenges by running this kind of uh, international design ecosystem. So like, I think the one thing is we really need, we need to pay attention to customer needs. And by listening to their needs and the problems, we try to solve problems for them. And number two is building the trust is very important. In the early years, when we entered Japan, we made a lot of mistakes. And one of the lessons we learned is, at the time, we would na- naively think by translating our website into Japanese, we would be able to do business in Japan right away. And this is totally wrong. So by translating into Japanese, it doesn't really you know, give you any advantage to run business in Japan. I think at the time, we find out that the font that we use on our website and also in our app is not the font that Japanese customers are used to. So by having the wrong font, I think from the Japanese customer perception, they would think this website is not trustworthy because the font is very strange to them. They kind of damage our trust. So that's one of the lessons that we learned at the early days uh, when we entered Japan. The second lesson that we learned is we really need to respect the culture. We have been running the team in Japan for several years. And at the very first few years, Pinko logo was pink. Right now, the Pinko logo is more professional, more neutral. It's a navy blue color. Our Japan team kept telling us that Pinko logo in pink is not going to work in Japan. And as a management team, we kind of questioned their feedback. So after a few years, our business in Japan doesn't really grow much we kind of ask ourselves, what do we do wrong? And then this feedback came back. So we decided to change our logo. We changed the logo, we changed the color, and it changed a lot. By having a new logo, we will be able to attract more premium designers from Japan to join Pinko Marketplace. By having the new logo, it introduced a lot of business opportunity with a local partner in Japan. For example, the best bookstore in Japan. Chitaya, we started to do business with them. And I think that's really amazing to see that by changing the logo and the color will introduce a lot of difference. So I think that's the humbling lesson that we learned in Japan is we need to respect the culture. We need to respect the feedback from our team, our customers, and our designers. So I think that's a few examples that I can remember vividly still at this time. Sounds like a very interesting experience because you really see the project difference and even the logo, the color for the logo will change the impact from the customers. So my next question would be, um, last June, uh, SC just acquired ELO7, which is known as the SC Brazil. And we know Pinkoi also acquired Japanese stuff, uh, Ichi in 2015. So I just want to learn more about your MMA experience and how you developing each country's design ecosystems. I think the partnership with EG is also a very humbling. We would think it as a learning experience. It was the early days that the Pinko entered Japan market. We have to admit it, that we don't know much about Japan. I think a lot of people, they will have this kind of wrong perception that Taiwanese people, they travel a lot in, to Japan. They go to Japan for leisure, for travel, and we will think that Okay, well, we definitely understand Japanese culture, but traveling to Japan and doing business in Japan is totally different. 
So at the time, we don't know much about Japan. We know that we need to build a strong team in Japan in order to run our business and try to build an international design ecosystem. So MMA become one of the options on the table. We discussed with the board and we pitched to Ichi, to their board, to their investor, try to convince them that by having Ichi joining Pinkley Group, it would be a big plus, would be a big benefit. At the same time, we will learn we will be able to build a solid Japan team in Tokyo. So we proceed on the MAA and we actually had the EG team join Pinkoi. But after one year, there's a lot of team members from the EG team that left the company. And we asked them, why you left the company? They said that Pinkoi culture and EG culture is totally different. Pinkoi culture is very direct, very Western style, but EG culture is very Japanese style. It's very sophisticated very delicate. So the cultural difference kind of pushed the team members from EG to leave the company. So there was one of the biggest struggle after MA. And the second struggle is at the time, Pinko was still very small. I'm still a very inexperienced, very green CEO at the time. And I think that at the time, our management team and also our experience in managing a big organization is now really mature. We made a lot of mistakes at the time, but I'm very grateful that we had those kind of experience. So we know how to evolve and how to kind of learn our own lessons and try to build a better team right now in Japan. Yeah, so I think acquiring EG was a very good decision. It helped Pinkoi from the business perspective to expand it to a wider variety of designers and customers. Because EG, they are selling more premium product and brands. Therefore, they attract customers in different segments compared to Pinkoi. So Pinkoi is more trendy, more design-centric, more focused on younger generations. While Ichi, on the other hand, is more focused on premium, upscale, high-end, very shokunin style, those kind of products and brands. So we have totally different customer segments and it complement each other in terms of business. But in terms of team and organizations, it represents two different cultures. We had a lot of struggles when these two companies joined together. Looking back, the founders of the EGs and the senior member of the EGs, they are still in the company. They are still with the Pinkoi and we are still believe in the vision that we kind of joined together. So we continue to run EG right now in Japan as an independent company. So EG, you know, running independently, it's self-sustainable. And I think uh, we are very, all very proud that EG can continue to operate and continue to you know, build a design ecosystem, especially on the premium brand and product in Japan. And I think that's very grateful. So I think the lesson that we learned by having this kind of uh, partnership with EG is, number one, culture is very important. People need to take time to learn the culture from each other. It's not going to work if Pinko is going to push our culture to them. Even though we want our culture to influence them, we need to give them time. And the second thing is, I hope at the time I will be more mature about management style, about operation business in Japan. Because at the time, I was based in Taiwan and the team is based in Tokyo. And remote communication is not always very easy, especially I cannot speak their language. I need to speak in English. The language barrier and the distance from Taipei and Tokyo introduce a lot of communication gap. 
and communication gap introduce a lot of um, productive and that kind of affect uh, team morale and it also affect uh, my own leadership. I hope I could learn the lesson much earlier so I won't be more mature as a senior leader to lead a team through the acquisitions. If we were able to do it again, I think the whole picture would be much better. The whole outcome would be much better than right now. Even though right now is good, I think we can definitely do a much better job if we redo it again. So things like you mentioned about management teams in Japan, which is so also a lot of difficult. So that brings me to the COVID. During the COVID, what you did to help the whole ecosystem? Just wanted to learn more about what kind of crazy thing you did during the COVID. Uh, during the COVID time, uh, we sense a lot of challenges from our designer communities because at the time, designer they are very worried about not having orders, not having money to support their business. A lot of designer they were very anxious about going out of business. So at the time, I think Pincoin is not only a technology-driven marketplace, but also we are a social conscious marketplace. We understand the social responsibility that we shoulder to the design ecosystem and also to the society. So as a company, during COVID time, we understand there's a lot of difficulties that designers they are facing. So during the time, we announced that we are going to cut back on our management fee. We cut back on our service fee. That's number one. And number two, we try to invest more on digital advertising, try to drive more traffic from offline to online. So when the offline was not working, they still have traffic and transaction online. So we put more investment on digital advertising and try to drive more traffic to designers' shops so they can continue to have transactions to support the business. And number three, we provide different kind of workshop and also consulting service, try to help designers to get through the difficult times by teaching them how to do digital advertising, how to drive traffic to the shop, by helping them to do proper budgeting so they can use less money to continue to run their business. So we have this kind of online webinar, online workshop for designers. They can gain support. They can also gain hands-on knowledge and practice to continue to run their business during the difficult time. So I think that's the three major things that we have done during the COVID-19. And looking back, we are very grateful that if I remember correctly, there's no designers has gone out of business during the time. Everyone survived. And we are very grateful that uh, we have been through all the difficult times together. And we are also very grateful that the team, to get all together, we are very supportive to the whole ecosystem. We try to do our best to help the ecosystems. Very traditional Taiwanese business culture, because when the whole business meets like COVID, meets like unpredictable things, most of the traditional Taiwanese businesses will help each other. So the way Pinkoi do or the way Pinker do is exactly show the business culture in Taiwan. Yeah. At the time, it's really about the team and also the board, our investor, they are also supporting this kind of initiative. Without their support, I think we cannot done anything. So uh, what's the plan for the next step? So I think we'll, we'll continue to deepen our initiative in building a strong marketplace, make our marketplace more international, and also on top of marketplace to empower designers with different kind of software and service to better scale their business. So we'll laser focus on two keywords, marketplace and SaaS.
this would be the two keywords that we're going to evolve, we're going to invest a lot to continue to build the international design ecosystems. The marketplace will facilitate the connection between great product, great design to great customers. And the SaaS service will become the kind of self-service tool and software to allow and empower designer to further grow their business. So from reach, connecting to the market, scale to the market, and also go international. I think that's the three steps that we want to help the design ecosystem. We are coming up to the end of our time here on the podcast. Thank you for joining us today, Peter. Thank you. And uh, before we leave, I want to share the news that Pinko is planning to IPO. And we definitely believe that the mission to build an international design ecosystem requires not only Pincoin, but also a lot of help and participation from the society. So heading to the capital market would empower Pincoin as a company, as a business, and also will empower the whole design ecosystem. And we wish to get support from the investors and also the capital market to further grow the creative economy. Thanks again for turning into today's show. We will see you next week on Startup Island Taiwan. 